Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, chief listening officers. Yes, that's a thing. It has to be someone in the organization who is willing to say, we may not know everything there is to know. And that is a very self-aware thing. And that we have to be empathetic towards customers. traditional view of marketing is scream as loud as you can to stand out. Our next guest actually has a very different view on how you succeed in influencing people. Bob London is CEO of Chief Listening Officers. Bob, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I know that you started out your career in the world of marketing and PR, but you had moved away from that. What was the, uh, the big aha moment for you? I, I do describe myself as a reformed marketer in the sense that I still believe that marketing is important. I, I just believe that it has become too much about uh, throwing messages out there in the hopes that if more people know about us, they'll get they'll, they'll, we'll, we'll do better as a company. The problem is that that creates a lot of waste and noise. And so about five years ago, I really started focusing on that. And I've been, you know, chief marketing officer of public and private companies and have been a consultant. But it, what was it really all adding up to? Why are we celebrating, you know, a 5% open rate on an email when it really means that 95% of people who got the email were either annoyed or just, you know, they found it irrelevant. So that, that was the turning point for me of saying maybe the thing we haven't tried yet in marketing to make marketing better and easier is to listen first. And that'll enable more. What does that mean? Listen, because everyone says, oh, we listen to our customers. It means going out and having human conversations with real people in the target audience and just going with the conversation where they want it to go and find out what's important to them. What's interesting to me is what you described is very much how I think about the strategy of growing a business where, you know, you don't, you can't have a business unless you have customer market fit. I mean, you look at the fiasco of new Coke, for example, nobody asked them if customers, if they actually wanted Coke that tasted like Pepsi. Right. Right. So this seems almost obvious to me, but why why was it a challenge? Why is it a challenge to get people to walk away from the arms race of attention seeking to actually get into what they should be doing, which is building relationships with customers? So it's interesting, and it, I think it's changing for the better. What I mean by that is, and I'm going down to the, the grassroots here, as you know, I'm involved with the University of Maryland's Dingman Center for Entrepreneurship, and I get to talk to a lot of and mentor a lot of students who are, have businesses or business ideas. They are being indoctrinated in the philosophy of uh, the product market fit has to happen first, and you don't build something until you've talked to 100 members of your target audience. So I'm encouraged by that. But I think too, many, many businesses uh, don't want to take the time or they feel too much pressure to get out there quickly and spend perhaps the money that they've raised from venture capitalists quickly um, to get results. And um, again, what that does is kind of fuels this, as you say, arms race. Um, to to make a lot of noise and, hey, look at us. Um, but I, my point is that that money would be spent far more effectively if they had the product market fit right. So, um, But I'll give you a great example, and it's not from that long ago. T-Mobile got a new CEO in 2012, a guy who I think is brilliant named John Ledger. I think he should be famous. And the company was doing, they were in fourth place. They were doing horribly, losing uh, wireless subscribers left and right. And AT&T and Verizon were locked in this battle of the network maps, the blue map, the red map. One has 99.87% coverage. The other has 99.21%. No one really remembered the difference. So John Ledger could have come in and said, hey, we need a better network so we can have a network map. Instead, he put on a headset and plugged into the T-Mobile 
customer support center, and he just listened for six days, six nights, to what people were really saying. And what they were complaining about was that the entire industry was holding them hostage with contracts. T-Mobile was the first carrier to effectively do away with contracts, which unleashed a flood of uh, subscribers for them coming to them. And they even said, you know, we'll give you, we'll pay off your old contract. He, he could only, John Ledger could only accomplish that because he went in to listen with no agenda. And he went in without any filters between him and, you know, the customer. So there was no chief marketing officer, no big data analytics in the way or to be, to be reviewed. So I, I'm looking for more examples like that. And I'm seeing more examples and I'm promoting more examples like that. Well, there are countless solutions out there now that will, that will effectively automate attention seeking. It's an arms race. What are, the, what are the tools that your clients and businesses can use to better connect with their customers? Can I give you the least sexy answer in the history of marketing? You can on this show. They're, the tools are their ears and their mouth. So look, um, there are tools that are designed. I mean, there's a, a company in Virginia called Clarabridge, which is doing a, some really innovative and interesting things around um, uh, scaling up, getting voice of the customer insights mm -hmm. through uh, social media. And I, I assume it has to do with call center data and things like that. But my, my point is, and, and that's great, surveys are great. SurveyMonkey is fantastic, you know, if you use it for the right thing. But my point is that the most sensitive tool that we all have been given to get insights is our brain. And, and you know, so much gets lost when someone is filling out a survey. They're performing a task. They can't wait to get to the end. I'm talking about what I do, and I've had about a thousand of these conversations with my clients' customers who are decision makers, is you engage them in a conversation on their terms. You don't bring the conversation back to you, and they get engaged. And I ask for 20 minutes on the phone, and they give me 30 or 40 because they're engaged. Surveys don't do that. The automation side of things, when, when that hits, the, 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 when that hits the, the voice of the customer side of thing really hard, I think that'll be great, but I also think that I don't want the human aspect of listening to go away. It can't. Sounds to me like what you're really talking about here is empathy and self-awareness. 100%. 100%. There is a book out that talks about basically applying external awareness and self-awareness to corp at the corporate level. And that's exactly what I'm trying to f um, promote, essentially, is someone in the company. And, you know, I'm fortunate that I get to deal with CEOs mostly because it shows me that they're, the company is serious and um, that they're probably going to act on what we find. But it has to be someone in the organization who is willing to say, we may not know everything there is to know. And that is a very self-aware thing. And that we have to be empathetic towards customers. Uh, unfortunately, those things don't all start with a P, like the four P's of marketing. So we, you know, I, I don't know what to say about that. It may never catch on, but uh, I think you, you nailed it. Absolutely. Well, Bob, we really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing some insights. I think that you've helped uh, business leaders and maybe even some politicians do a better job. Uh, yeah. So um, uh, I, I would never claim to help a politician do anything other than maybe get one vote from me. It's uh, I wish they would listen a little bit more. I hear that. Bob London, CEO of Chief Listening Officers. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. 
A special thanks to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. How do you get to be number one in the D.C. area? Eagle Bank did it by putting relationships first. They're flexible, involved, responsive, strong, and trusted. Eagle Bank's goal is your success. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online writer is Barbara Ulrich. Music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. And a huge thank you to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. Please get in touch with us for sponsorship opportunities. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and please rate the podcast. This helps us spread the word about the interesting stories we're telling on what's working in Washington. And let us know who you think we should be talking to on the show. Tweet us at, at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. <laughs>